but at the end of the year, oh yeah. Yeah, but he already said that. We already knew that, yeah. Hi, Did you're you... listening to a Jump to the Left podcast. But I'm, I'm really... Diane. <laughs> Did you, wait, are you recording? Yes. Oh, oops. <laughs> so surprised. I was not, par- I was not prepared. Okay, uh, but now I'm ready. <clears throat> Leave it in. Uh, and I'm Kyle. <laughs> and you're listening to a Jump to the Left podcast. I already <laughs> said that. Hi, um, welcome. We hope that you continue listening. It's going to be rough at first, but hang in there with us. We have strong opinions and weak qualifications. So yeah, listen to us talk. I mean, we're, we're qualified in some things. Not yeah. all things, though. I mean, we're, we both will have masters soon, so we have some qualifications. Yeah, but like in very specific things, and I feel like in general, I'm more opinionated about the things that I'm not qualified for. True. Yeah. So I um, study... Wildlife, we both say wildlife and fisheries biology at Clemson. Woo-woo! Good tigers. And Sorry if you can hear some dogs. Yeah, uh, <laughs> because we're very professional and are recording this in a living room. So this podcast is sort of like all-encompassing, and by that I mean it's going to encompass like maybe three or four kind of things. Uh, but we are, we are really interested in um, politics, pop culture, sort of the cross-section of politics and wildlife, because as hard as it is to believe, they actually intersect quite a bit. Yeah. And so each week we'll probably talk a little bit about um, major events that have happened in sort of those fields. And then <laughs> and then hopefully you will enjoy it and keep listening to us. Yeah, and um, we're going to just talk about everything that we want to talk about, really. Yeah. Like, there will always be a politics and a wildlife segment, but we also just enjoy the sound of our own voices. So yeah. we're just going to talk about anything. Like a lot. We like talking a lot. We enjoy talking. We're both um, only children, yeah. if that gives you any reference. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so today we're going to start by talking about the 2020 Democratic primary bracket. You may see, you may have seen this going around. I know that we saw it on Twitter because we both have problems. But there is basically a bracket of potential 2020 Democratic nominee people. Although it's been like a little messed up now because some people have announced that they are for sure not running. Yeah. Michael Avenatti. Very sad about that. I think we both had him winning, so. Yeah, definitely. Because, Upsetting. Yeah, he would be a totally good president. And we, we definitely want to keep going with the whole no political experience, just like celebrity <laughs> sort of thing. Because I yeah. think that's worked out really well for yeah, us so far. Yeah, we really enjoy that. For the past couple of years. But anyway, do you want to start? Like, and yes. we can sort of just do like. So we're just going to kind of run through the ones line. we want to run through. So if you've True. seen it online, you will know who's on it. But. I guess the first one that we can talk about, I have Elizabeth Warren against Sherrod Brown. And I think Elizabeth Warren will win just because of her experience and just the fact that people really know what she's up to and she's done a lot of great work. Then I have Bernie Sanders against Kristen Gillibrand. I do think Bernie Sanders will take it. And the reason I think Bernie Sanders will take it is because people are still very much Team Bernie. Like they still are feeling the burn. They still want to see him. I have seen a lot of social media posts that are like hoping and hoping that Bernie Sanders is going to run again. All the Bernie bros. And I used to be a Bernie bro, and I am not Team Bernie this year. Love you, adore you, you're a wonderful guy. But no. (laughs) (laughs) Then I have Sanders versus Warren, and I do think Sanders will take it for the same reasons. Also, I think Warren has kind of shot herself in the foot with the whole Native American thing with Trump. Like, just don't encourage him. He's not a good person, and he's not going to get donate money to charity. And I think people don't like it. They don't like that she's trying to prove that she's Native American. People just are not into it. So I do, I think for that reason, she has hurt herself. I know you have thoughts, so we'll get to yours later, I guess. <laughs> then I, I have Harris versus Eric Holder. 
Obviously, I think Kamala Harris is going to win that. I have Kennedy, Joe Kennedy the third versus Biden. I do think Biden will win. People are still like still really love Biden, and I love Biden too. Like I think he's a great person. I don't think he's what we need right now, but I do think he would beat a Kennedy, which is I feel like saying a lot. Yeah, that's fair. Then I have Stacey Abrams versus Cory Booker. That one was very, very, very difficult for me. I love Stacey Abrams. She apparently just went and saw Hamilton last night, according to Danae Benton's Instagram. So, yes, girl. Anyways, um, I think that she has a lot of momentum, but I do think Cory Booker has more momentum and he has more experience and people, his constituents really like him. And a lot of people don't have a lot of negative things to say about Cory Booker. So I think, I think that Cory Booker will take it. Then... I have Chris Murphy against Beto. I do think Beto will win because he's... Oh, sorry about the dogs growling there. I mean, so I do have Chris Murphy against Beto. I think Beto will take it. He has a lot of momentum. He has a lot of fundraising ability. People just adore Beto. I know he didn't win, but people really, really love him. So I think he could win it. I have Beto versus Booker. And as much as it pains me to say... I do think that Beto will beat Booker. And I think those for purely terrible reasons. <laughs> I think Beto is a straight white male from Texas. And people like that. I don't, I, I don't think that's a deciding factor for me, but I think it will be for some people, whether they want to admit it or not. I have Beto versus Harris. And this is where I get who I want to win instead of who I think will win. I pick Kamala beating Beto. I don't know that that's the case. But I adore her, and I want her to win. So then I have Sanders versus Kamala Harris, and I think Kamala Harris will take it. I think she'll win. Girl, we are ready to work for you. Hire us on your campaign. <laughs> I am. Tell me to jump, and I'll say how high anything you want, girl. <laughs> Kyle, right. now you're bucket. <laughs> I don't know if I can top that. <laughs> um, Fight me on any of those. So overall, our brackets are similar to a degree because uh, we think the same. So basically, I sort of where mine moves into I have I have Warren kind of coming through quite a bit. So I have Bloomberg up against Warren. Oh, and I think that sort of from the name recognition sort of perspective. Oh, instead of Sherrod Brown. Yeah, and I don't know. I could be turned on it. I had no like sincere feeling one way or the other. That's I true. have Gillibrand versus Bernie, but I am actually on the opposite side where I think that Gillibrand is going to come out on top, mostly out of hope because like I am done with Bernie. And I, again, before it, I make it sound like I do not like Bernie, I really think that he did something that was necessary for us, I you know, know that in I've the past election. This, and I know I've asked you this question before, but do you think that he is running as an actual candidate or he's running to push everyone left? I think that he actually, like part of him actually does want to to be the nominee because I I think that he probably does have a little bit of like a complex about it to be honest like I don't know uh, we don't know Bernie so it could be anything but I think he really does enjoy being in the spotlight and I, I think it does do good like it brings the party further left and I think that even even if you look at like back where we were during the second Obama election and like now as a party it's kind of crazy how far we've moved to the left even from that point like if you think about just some of the things that are pretty mainstream in the Democratic Party now, we've changed quite a bit, it, it, like for the better, in my opinion. But anyway, I have Warren v. Gillibrand, and I actually have Gillibrand taking Warren out. Actually, as opposed to what you said, I have 
Gillibrand taking Bernie out, actually. Really? Um, yeah. And I think that part of it is because I want that to happen. <laughs> and the other part of it is because I think it will happen. It's sort of like a half and half kind of but thing. But do you think that Bernie is actually running for the for the position? Or do you think he's at, he's running just to push everyone more left? Um, I guess I would hope... Because I've heard both. I guess I would hope that he is running to push everyone to the left. But I feel like he's also sort of already done that. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily need to keep doing it because yeah. I think that's mostly what like the primaries of 2016 were. Yeah. Was pushing everyone to the left. And I think that he was doing it at that point to run for president. And I think that what he did was useful, but I'm pretty much done with him now. I don't really need him to do that anymore. <laughs> we done with you, Bernie. Yeah, like and Stay I Stay a senator though. Exactly. Like <laughs> I supported Bernie like I in the primaries, I didn't in the general because I have common sense. But, As one should. But and he um, supported Hillary after that. Yeah, and he did. You know, I will give him that. But, yeah, I, I guess at this point, I think I'm, I'm mostly done with him. We don't need him anymore. Right. Yeah. And so for my other side, this is this is honestly, I think the better side is more exciting. Same. Um, it's like where all of our favorites are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I had Kamala coming out hot and just tearing it up because obviously she will. Obviously. And... Like when we saw, oh, when I saw her in Greenville, yeah, Kyle couldn't go. I didn't. It's I a sore to, subject. I had to work on but stuff. She not only seemed presidential, but she also had everyone join her as if they were a community rather than her being like, I'm the senator. Everyone watch me amaze. She had everyone that was running for local positions just join her on stage. Not only join her, but like stand next to her while she spoke. And it just looked really good. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, that is abundantly clear. And yes. if anything, if anything, all of her all of the things that have brought like brought her to the forefront of the Democratic Party in the past two years have really shown that. Yes. I actually did not have Biden... <laughs> I did not have Biden taking out anyone besides his first round. I had... I had Klobuchar taking Biden out. And that was definitely not out of real like realism, but I think out of me wanting that to happen. I like Senator Klobuchar, and I really am also... If, if do I'm we... done, if I'm done with Bernie, I'm done with Biden just as much. True. He's like we adore you, Biden, but stay yeah, in your lane. Exactly. Like, we we don't want to see all the skeletons in your closet because we love you, and yeah. they are going to come out. Yeah. And you've been involved in politics for a very long time, so I'm sure you have a lot of skeletons. Yeah. So let's not do that. But why do we know Amy Klobuchar? Like, how? Why do we she's, know her now? She's on the Senate Judiciary Committee as well. Right. And I think that basically every Democrat on that committee has been a rock star um, they look over great the past in the two years. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty impressed with basically all of them. And I had Booker taking out Stacey. I love Stacey, don't get me wrong, but I think that we need somebody who's a little bit, has more experience in, in politics at the higher level. I think any of these Democrats that are qualified that we like would do a wonderful job because they would hire very capable people, especially as advisors. Yeah. But I think that we love you, Stacey, Maybe say a little smaller government for now and see if your time is in the future. Yes, total agreement. Because I think it totally is. Yeah. Like, really, really is. The I think people that... love you. Oprah oh, loves you. Will Ferrell Will loves Ferrell. you. He went canvassing for <laughs> Stacey Abrams. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. So, very impressed. And I think that she really has a, a solid a solid future in politics. Definitely. So I had Booker taking her out. Uh, Beto comes through, too. The hardest one for me, I think, was... Booker versus Beto, because I do love them both, but eventually Beto did win, because I, sort of for the same reasons that I think you listed earlier, 
I had Kamala taking out Beto, so the final pe- the final pairing is Kamala versus Gillibrand, and obviously Kamala won because right. let's be real. So yeah, that's that's where my bracket sort of moves up to. So basically, we stand you, Kamala. Let us know what we can do. Our podcast has a lot of listeners, so if you want to be featured, oh good. <laughs> if you want to be featured, just let us know. <laughs> So the next thing that we're going to talk about is something that came up when I was doing the worst thing in the world and Twitter. scrolling through Twitter. And Woo-woo. so basically this past week, Diane Feinstein and Senator Whitehouse were discussing climate change and how it has affected both of their states and will, and will continue to do so in the future. And I made the horrible mistake of starting to scroll through the Twitter comments when I was watching wow. the live... Uh, live stream of it and that was a horrible idea so it's like something you should never do on twitter yeah they did like a they did like a live stream of it on twitter it was sort of i think it was just from c-span but i didn't oh okay basically what i wanted to talk about was sort of the lack of science literacy in not only twitter but the world right um and i saw some really bad like really bad tweets of just like just like basic basic fundamental misunderstandings of like science and like how science is conducted at sarah sanders also true (laughs) uh because if you weren't aware the press secretary last week this week i guess this past week week, last week made some comments about climate change the climate report that came out from the government and basically said that the, the, the most striking comment to me was how she would address like climate modeling right and her comment was something along the lines of how the model was not based enough on data for their likings basically in the white house i think like she just said it wasn't based on data at all yeah she She was like these this report is not based yeah it's not based on data which is what we want but that's crazy because like if she actually knew like what a model was or how you created the model (laughs) she would know that you have to have data for it you don't just like ask scientists like what do you think is gonna happen it's insane and she just lacks any understanding of any of this whatsoever yeah and basically i mean she's she is just sort of like a hype man like she she's good at her job yeah she'll do whatever the president tells her to do basically and say and she has no problem lying to people either at all but i do think going back to like the science of literacy i think that like i people that are older than us did not learn about climate change or global warming in their class like we did. Like, it was part of environmental science, I think, my uh, freshman year of high school. Yeah. It was just talking about, hey, there's there's global warming happening. There are greenhouse gases that are affecting the ozone. And it was just, it was real things that we learned that were part of our class. Whereas I think, at least in my parents' generation, that was not the case. Yeah. That was not something that they learned in science. And so I think with that aspect in general, that's why there's a little bit more debate with generations older than us because it wasn't always a fact for them, whereas for us it's almost always been a fact. But as far as science illiteracy goes, I cannot explain that. I I have no idea why people are suddenly not trusting scientists anymore. And I mean, I wonder if this has sort of been something that has been going on in the background for a a while and we just haven't been focusing enough on science and politics. Right. Um, and Bad. if that's sort of why we didn't know that this was happening before, um, or if it really just was not a problem before, right. because I mean, you think about, you think about even, you know, 20, 30 years ago with the passing of all of that, like core environmental protection legislation, like the clean air and water acts, like 
the ESA. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what the sudden aversion is to science and like particularly the Republican Party and some, I mean, some Democrats too, like, but I don't really know. I don't know. It's disheartening. Yeah. Especially since we're both scientists, right? So we, we go through a rigorous process of collecting data. We have to get training. Um, We then, to be able to publish anything, it has to be peer reviewed. And I think that that part is going to become harder and harder for us. And speaking of people that don't know what they're doing, this week a report came out from the Union of Concerned Scientists detailing some pretty significant stuff that's been happening in the Department of the Interior. Mm. Um, For those of you that don't know, the Department of the Interior is the part of the government that oversees most of our public natural resources. They oversee the parks, they oversee the Bureau of Land Management, They oversee U.S. Fish and Wildlife. They oversee the U.S. Geological Survey. So not only a lot of management organizations that manage public lands, but a lot of research as well. And basically this report details, I think, five different sections that are all discussing some pretty pretty scary stuff that's been happening under the Department of the Interior. And the report is called Science Under Siege at the DOI. And the different sections of it include suppression of science, denial of climate change, science silencing and intimidation of scientists and staff, which I think is the most yeah. scary one of all of those, yeah. and endangering of habitat, some for endangered species. Right. And you can read the report if you really feel that you want to. Uh, we'll drop it in our description, <laughs> or we can put it on our Twitter, at Dotson 22 And at Oshoot, O-H-H-S-H-U-T-E. We can tweet out the article so you can read more about it. Post-shameless plug. (laughs) (laughs) This report was actually really scary. Just some some basic statistics of this. The DOI oversees about 500 million acres of public land. And this is multi-use land as well as recreation land. This land accounts for 412 billion approximately US dollars of uh, the US GDP. And typically I hate comparing environmental stuff to like the economy because... There's more to it than just, like, a need for money, basically. Um, I think that's important for a lot of people that don't generally care about the environment. Yeah. We need to remind them, the environment's not just important because us hippies, us tree huggers love it, but it's also <laughs> important to our economy. Yeah, it is. And, and like, living, too. Breathing. Like, breathing. And water, <laughs> drinking. Drinking water, clean water. Food. Yeah, those are all pretty important when it comes to that. So, anyway, there's been some really scary stuff that's been happening. Ryan Zinke is not a good guy. The other thing about this report is that it has, it has a solid timeline. A dope timeline, if you will. <laughs> From my notes. <laughs> but it has a pretty solid timeline of the events that have happened in, in the Department of the Interior since the inauguration. The first of which is the National Park Service's official Twitter feed on climate change goes nearly silent after the inauguration. Not surprising. August 11th, and this is of 2017, uh, DOI releases proposal to lift restrictions on exploratory drilling in the Alaska National Wildlife Refuge. December 11th, USGS caps the number of scientists who can attend international geoscience conferences. December 29th, BLM rescinds the 2015 fracking rule designed to improve public health and safety. All solid stuff. More recently of this year, September 18th, BLM eliminates proposed rule requiring oil and gas companies to reduce methane emissions from drilling sites. So all stuff that will uh, screw us over. <laughs> Yay! So not super good stuff happening at DOI. Because this this is really hard for us to really do anything about. Yeah. Because 
the president basically just has the ability to sort of put people in charge of the departments and they have they have the ability to shape policy right all of these things are totally within what the doi can do and say this is why it's important that you show up to elections yeah and you do everything you can kyle and i just got involved in a a local election this year for the first time and it was wonderful you just do as much as you can for 2020 because these people are changing not only just like our laws but just everything like they're affecting everything that we care about they're affecting our futures they're affecting the potential children that we may have futures our pets that's that's an important one our dogs people love dogs people love dogs and they're not gonna be able to breathe any air if we (laughs) cut down all the trees so do everything everything you can to protect dogs (laughs) honestly that's the takeaway that was that was the white woman in you coming out (laughs) oh yeah i know So on to more important matters, Ariana Grande's new music video for Thank You Next (laughs) was super hyped. It's probably the most hyped music video that I have personally ever seen. There was a trailer, there were teasers, there was just all this stuff going on, people trying to guess what all the movies were going to be. And honestly, I think it lived up to expectations. Now, I was expecting a 90s nostalgic music video, and it was wonderful. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, I agree. It was it was very well done. Um, Everything that we needed and more. And the cool thing was, is it was just really there to be popular and to entertain us and to show us that she still cares about her exes. We love you, Pete. We hope you're doing well. Take care of yourself. <laughs> also, Ariana Grande dropped that she's the one that broke up with Pete. Very casual way of doing that, by the very way. Very casual. But she knows that her fans are like way too into everything she does. They're going to look for anything they possibly can. Also, wonderful that she had the book when she was Elle Woods. The law book that she was reading was Immigration Law. I know. That was a good one. Girl. And very subtle, too. And the other thing that I thought was really funny about it was the presence of all of the cameos that were in it. I didn't know that I needed Chris Jenner to be yeah. in it, but I did. We needed it. We did, yeah. We didn't know that we did. And we I'm not, know. you know, I'm, I'm not a Kardashian. Neither am I. Yeah. And like, I would like to make that abundantly clear. Kardashian fan. Obviously, yeah. I'm not a Kardashian. You're not a Kardashian? <laughs> I mean. Are you sure? Let me know, Chris. Just kidding, don't. <laughs> no. It's not that I don't like them. I think some of them are problematic. Yes. But fact, we're not into them, but Chris Jenner was perfect in that role. Yeah, it was well, well done. done. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Same. That was good. <laughs> 17. Wait, pause. The music video that really stole the spotlight was James Corden with Jeff Goldblum. His Thank You Jeff video. Oh my gosh. An icon. I'm not even, I haven't even seen his movies. Which is, Let's put that out there we'll, first. We'll get back to that in a second. <laughs> But he was so pure, and we think that we still like him. We have yet to do a Google search to make sure we still like him. I don't think he's done anything problematic. I don't think he's done anything bad yet, but let us know. Tweet us if he has, and we will change our alliance like that. (laughs) That music video... It freed my soul. It freed my soul. He was pure. He looked hot in that Jurassic Park (laughs) clip. I was like, whoa. Have you never seen Jurassic Park? No. Okay. So I was a a Land Before Time girl. And then I said- That is not the same thing. I know, but it's dinosaurs. Also, (laughs) that one dinosaur movie where they all die because of the comet. Isn't that just called Dinosaur? That one might be called Dinosaur. I think- I was very sad. Like, it made me very sad. Also, my neighbors were really into dinosaurs, and I feel like they scared me or something. There was a reason that I did not watch Jurassic Park. It's a scary movie. It's not that scary. I was a very scared child, though. Okay, fair. Still, as I an actually, adult. okay, on, on side note of like <laughs> movies that I was terrified of. So apparently, one of my uh, one of my parents' close friends from when I was younger had me watch, I think it was The Phantom Menace. 
What? Um, the the Star Wars movie, um, the Phantom I Menace. I, also I was like, seen God, Star Wars. okay, so this isn't even <laughs> worth it. Whatever. Harry Potter for life. Anyway, <laughs> um, apparently she watched she she like had me watch that when she was babysitting me one night, and I was terrified of it. So I did not watch the Star Wars movies for the longest time because I was like, I had had like this scarring emotional trauma oh of God. when I was really young. But first of all, Jeff Goldblum, I will always stand because he is great in everything he is in jurassic park he also had a little bit of a cameo in the more recent jurassic park oh Um, is that the one he looked hot in they showed a clip in the video that's like like the first that's the first jurassic park really the video looked like very high quality well it definitely wasn't but i don't know when that was actually came (laughs) out. maybe they refilmed it for for the tonight show i don't they may have that's possible Um, independence day great movie that he is great in isn't independence day sad no, it's the one with the aliens. Oh, no, I'm what? thinking I Am Legend. Okay, yeah, that is not Look the same. Smith. <laughs> That's Will Smith. Someone told me not to watch it because of the dog. It is really, yeah, you probably would not like that. Yeah. Um, Diana's a dog person. If I'm a, like an animal player. person, but yeah. yeah. Gross. Dog, hashtag dogs versus cats. Um, which is the winner? Dogs. Oh, I thought you said you liked cats. I do like cats. Okay. I study tigers, but dogs all the way. That's a cat, not a dog. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> also a good movie. <laughs> is he, is, oh, yeah. Cats versus dogs. No, I was talking about oh. Get Out. <laughs> Wait, Cats versus Dogs from when we were young. Yeah, I do remember that. That was a good, that was a solid movie. Get Out's also a good movie. Watch it if you haven't, because you are living under a rock if you have not seen it. Fair. Other Jeff Goldblum movies. I know that you don't watch the Marvel movies, but he was amazing in Ragnarok and Thor Ragnarok. Uh, that was a debatably one of the best Jeff Goldblum performances. That, is is that an Avenger? Yes. <laughs> is it Thor? Yes. Oh, he's in Thor. <laughs> he is an Avenger too. Oh Lord. The other thing that happened was that trailer came out. I again, I'm sorry. This is not a good talking point because Diane does not watch these movies, but. It came out and it was amazing, and I wholeheartedly look forward to the next Avengers movie. But anyway, we'll move back to is the is Hemsworth in it? Yes. I mean, that's all that we come for, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which Hemsworth? Also, I mean, there's only one Hemsworth uh, in the Marvel movies, Chris, but yes. right? Liam is Miley's Bay. Yeah, but they're not still together. Yeah, they are. They are. Did you not see that their house was burned down during the wildfires? And no, they posted I didn't. This, he posted this like beautiful picture of like. Well, I mean, it was very sad because his house, their house yeah, burned down. The house How do you not know about Miley? Okay, calm down. <laughs> In Malibu. Malibu. <laughs> Give us a new song, Miley. I don't... I love you. I don't need anything other than Party in the USA. <gasps> like, Not even her best. Wrong, I don't know what her best is. Debatable. <laughs> Party in the USA was a classic. A bop. A bop. A high school... High school? Yeah, probably. Yeah, high school. High school, middle school... High school for me, maybe Dance middle school for you. Bop. You're not that much older than me. <laughs> okay. I'm so old. But we also went and saw the most recent Harry Potter movie this past, well, it's been a while now, but it's the Fantastic Beast ones. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. And I think we both loved it. Yeah. It gave us what we needed for Harry Potter, the nice, the dual scene. Yeah, I'm gonna, the thing that I will say about it, and I had a really hard time getting through the first, like, it was a long movie, first of all. It was a very long Um, movie. But I had a hard time getting through, like, the first hour of it, because it was just, like, overly heterosexual for me. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was just, like, there was too much, and I just, like, do not care. I don't come to the Harry Potter movies for the relationships. I come for the blasting of things out of sticks. (laughs) But they threw in some homosexuality, right? Light, like, but not in Dumbledore. No, they didn't and, really. Uh, oh my god, I cannot believe Grindelwald. Grindelwald. 
It's literally I, the name of the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, Crimes of Grindelwald. Uh, that's another thing that's hard for me to get. I understand that they were at Hogwarts. I understand that it was a different time and maybe he did not know he was bad, but Dumbledore is supposed to be this amazing, intuitive, the greatest, most powerful, whatever, everything. And you're telling me that he had a relationship with a terrible person? Yeah, that's an like that is something that I feel like is hard to think about. Be- just because he's pr- like he's a good wizard doesn't mean that he can't make mistakes. I just think uh, you're not selling me on it. Yeah, I just find this very hard to believe. Yeah, and I know that like sort of the whole point is that Grindelwald is like very manipulative and basically effectively a cult leader. You right, know? Um, as opposed to like Voldemort, who is more outward. Yeah, he was I just like to destroy. I want to kill everyone. Yeah, Grindelwald is like he's much more sneaky about it. Yes, absolutely. Um, and he makes people think that he is looking out for them. Yes. And I think that that's sort of what it was. And I think that that spoiler alert, blood packed uh, thing from the beginning or, you know, from when they're younger was mostly about his ability to manipulate people. Um, yeah. And so I think that that's what the movie should have been more about as opposed to like the These, like, relationships that I don't really care about, yeah. particularly between like the main characters. Right. Although it, they did sort of bring it back in like at the end. Like I understand why they did it. But, right. But of course, like if, you Everything didn't watch the movie. This yeah. really doesn't mean anything to you. <laughs> go watch the movie, though. I mean, yeah. maybe you don't have to go see it in theater. It's probably not in theaters anymore. But it might be. Who knows? We maybe saw it, it like the first night. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. We saw the premiere. <laughs> I mean, it was an overall good movie. Let's talk about wildlife. Let's talk about what we actually know things about <laughs> instead of just our opinions. On because things. people definitely care about wildlife. <laughs> I mean, people listening probably care about all these things. I would hope, but I think most of our listeners are wildlife people. Like all five of them? All five of y'all stick. You love us. We love you. Stay with us. I think a really cool thing that happened, it's now been a couple weeks, but we've just not gotten around to recording ourselves until now. China allowing, they lifted the ban on the rhino horn and the tiger bone with traditional Chinese medicine, which the institution of traditional Chinese medicine has been against using real animal parts. At least tiger parts are not proven to actually make a difference. And China lifted the ban on them. So that was really confusing. Everyone was really upset. And I think due to that public outroar, they temporarily banned it again, which is great. So like it shows that the public does make a difference and maybe your tweets make a difference, your outrage made a difference. But China did temporarily put the ban back on. We don't know for how long, but we do hope that China will keep that up because it's not so much with the tiger with tiger bones because I obviously know more about tigers than I do rhinos. But with the tiger bone, the problem is China has a lot of tiger farms. So they farm tigers and they say that well by farming them they take away like the demand for wild tiger parts. But that has actually been shown to not be true. It just increases the price of wild tiger. So the the farm tigers are more widely available, but it's harder to get the wild tiger so that raises the price. I mean it's it's just supply and demand, right? It's basic economics. And China's trying to say that farming is a solution to this problem, and it's not. And the U.S. actually doesn't get to criticize them. We have a huge tiger problem in the U.S. We have more tigers in the U.S. in captivity than there are in the wild. So if we're going to try to tell China how to deal with their tiger problem, we really need to take a harder look at ours first, which we are trying to do through the Big Cat Public Safety Act, which is has been introduced into both the Senate and the House. It's being reintroduced every year because it would effectively ban the private ownership of big cats. 
And that would just be wonderful. So hopefully we can get that through. We can get more people to sponsor that. Call your senators and your representatives if you haven't already and tell them to support the Big Cat Public Safety Act. Cool. And I guess the only other thing that I'll say about like sort of wildlife topics this week is that everything is dying and that's very sad. But we're going to keep hope. We're going to... We're going to keep fighting for them. The wildlife need us. The environment needs us. Captive animals need us. We, we're going to hold out hope for them. I mean. No. I have maybe. this like very pessimistic <laughs> idea of like the world, I guess. Um, and humans are garbage. And mm, we're trashing everything. And- but try to convince me of a wildlife issue that doesn't involve people. No, at all. I mean, but it's also like sort of a human construct too. Like, right. Yeah. That's why. But so we have to work with people. I think we should talk about our stands of the week. Okay. So I'm currently standing Veep. If y'all don't watch Veep, holy crap. It is so good. It actually stresses my roommate out because it's just constantly like, everything is going wrong. But Which it is, is like so good. Fair and kind of how the government operates anyway. So we think that this might be actually how the yeah, government it operates. <laughs> it might be a tad of ex- exaggeration, but otherwise. I think this is about right. And I think the reason that show is made is because of the character who also plays Buster on Arrested Development. He is just phenomenal. Like, I... Easily my favorite character on the show. If I were to ever run for elected office, then I would need him around me (laughs) all the time. I just would need him. My other favorite character from that show is Sue. Yeah. (gasps) Sue is... she's perfect. Wonderful as well. And of course, this means nothing to anyone who has not seen Veep. But anyway, if watch you haven't Veep. seen Veep, yeah, go watch Veep. What are you Veep. doing? Seriously, though. I just actually started watching Veep because Kyle because told I me I need to watch it. So I'm very into comedy. Lots of like <laughs> slapstick, single camera, whatever you call it. SNL, The Office, Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I can tell you more. Just ask me. <laughs> but I love comedy. And so Kyle, and obviously politics. And Kyle was like, have you watched Veep? And I was like, no. And now I just watched all six seasons in about two weeks. So grad school is going well. It's coming up. (laughs) (laughs) In case you were wondering. And my stand this week uh, (laughs) is something that I love dearly. Something we cannot live with. I literally do not know what I would do if I did not have it in my life. And that is olive oil. Cold pressed organic olive oil, he means. Sustainability, baby. If I can afford it. True. (laughs) Because also... I am on an assistantship that I yeah. don't get paid exorbitant amounts of money. So Pay grad students more! <laughs> this may be controversial. <laughs> I don't know if we can say this. Selfish plug. Um, but anyway, olive oil. I put it in all the foods. Well, not everything. I Milk. saute with it. Okay, Cereal. That's gross. <laughs> I eat it by the spoonful. Do you? No! <laughs> olive oil is... The best kind of oil. She is It's that not vegetable oil. Yeah, Gross. True. I'm not going to put vegetable oil on my my chicken that I'm sautéing. That would be literally insane. Hey, friends out there, if there is a, a way more sustainable oil, let us know. I would actually be interested in knowing, yeah. We want to know. Because you can use like you can use like coconut oil, right? Lots I don't of people know if use that's more oil. sustainable. Yeah, that's true. Especially because I feel like you can get more oil out of an olive than you can, or out of like an equivalent amount of olives than you can a coconut. An yeah. olive just feels like it has more oil. I should but watch that, a process. I don't really know. That may works. be a function of like me seeing like olives in like a vat of olive oil. I do know for a fact that Kyle should be using cold breast. Yes. Um, and I definitely maybe buy that one. Um, 
I'll take him to Aldi and get him that cold press organic. Yeah, like that. What what I feel like is sort of my vision of how all like oily olives are is like we. So <laughs> when I was in high school, I worked at a bakery and cafe. Shout out to Heidi and Stacy if you're listening because I told Heidi or I that if I ever started a podcast, I would fucking send it to her. Really? So yeah. Oh hey girl hey. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we used to get these like the bags of like olives that would go in the cheese case so people could buy them and they always Wait, came in the olives that go in what in the cheese case because like we also sold cheese oh oh i thought you said cheesecake sorry no not in the cheesecake what that's insane <laughs> okay um, good good i don't know what goes in things <laughs> fair so we would get like the bag of olives for like you know if people wanted to buy bulk olives and it was it, it was always in sort of like olive oily like bag that and just... it comes very straight honestly seeing things in bulk especially mayonnaise mayonnaise in bulk is horrifying Heidi do you knows know, do you know what you remind me of right now what Cory Booker going to Costco was it Costco he went to I don't know I sent Kyle a video Cory Booker films <laughs> his life we adore him we love you keep doing it he films his life, and I think he went to Costco or the equivalent of Costco, wherever he was, and he just bought all these massive sizes of things and was just, like, in awe of how big the sizes were, and he got this whole big thing of garlic. Do you remember? He got the big thing of garlic, and he was telling his driver that he would share it with him, and he just had this joy in his voice. Too pure. And we we just love you. Um, Keep it up, Corey. Anyway, moving back to giant quantities of... <laughs> Olive oh. oil slash mayonnaise is Ew. what I was getting to because giant mayonnaise quantities of mayonnaise is horrifying. And it's disgusting. Yeah, I do not like mayonnaise. Good. Done. Cool. Check that box. Move How on to the next one. How do you feel about fat fries versus skinny fries? I know that I feel like you're going to be mad about this, <laughs> but <laughs> I think that I like skinny fries more. So basically what Kyle is saying- No, no, it depends on what how Kyle skinny is, the fries are. What Kyle is saying is he likes- Eating oil. I mean, yes. Crispy oil. I, my my stand this week was oil. Literally yeah. oil. <laughs> so let's be real. Fat fries are where it's at. You get the potato. But you get that nice taste of the potato, which is what we're here for the fries, or for the potatoes and the fries for. I mean, that is not true. I'm here when I'm- You're here, here for the, the oil? Fries. No, I'm here for the fried part of the fry. Not the yeah, inside Yeah, but you need that potato. Fry. What, okay, but like... Like potato okay, wedges. a potato chip. A potato chip no. is basically the fried part of a fry. But I I like... I would choose a potato wedge over a potato chip any day of my life. Okay. Let That's us... Fine. Tweet us. <laughs> Should we have a poll? Should we do a poll? We skinny do a fries poll. versus yeah. fat fries? We'll announce it on our next podcast. Maybe we'll have... Maybe we'll make an Insta. Okay. Of wow. Ju- what will we do? Doors are opening for us. Hey, also let us know if you have a good name for us because currently we're not we're not loving we're our not name. We're not married to Vaguely Rooted. Vaguely Rooted is just because we had a better name but somebody was already using it. Yeah, that was upsetting. Um, and for sports nonetheless. We are actually like anti-stereotype here. I'm the one that's into sports and Kyle is not. No. I don't think that's anti-stereotype for me but continue. Oh yeah, maybe not for you but for <laughs> male versus female is what I mean. I mean fair. Yeah. I love college football, and I know it's problematic. Yeah. But I do love some football. Yeah, gross. Cool, great to place the, to end. the football player in my class this week. Ew. The one that Googles himself. No one wants to hear about this. And he signed an autographed program for my dad for Christmas. What a nice guy. You're a good... Shout out to Cleland. You're a good daughter. He's going to get drafted first round, and I'm going to have his autograph. This is getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> I am a good daughter. <laughs>
<laughs> and on that note, stay tuned. Maybe we'll have some better podcasts in the future. Yeah, hopefully it will be more coherent and not wacky. Thanks for sticking with us. We appreciate y'all. Honestly, if you're still here, power to you. Power to you. Let because... us know what we can do for you. <laughs> also, if there's something you want us to talk about, the whole idea is that we we have a lot of opinions, but we don't actually have any basis for this information so if there's something you want us to discuss let us know that's fair we are happy to talk about something give us a little bit of an advance notice we'll do very minimal research on twitter <laughs> and then we will tell you what Probably we think the about google it too yeah we'll use the google too. maybe we'll see hashtag google scholar okay uh, all right love y'all all right thank you bye bye one day as i was walking one bright and cheerful day I came upon a billboard, and much to my dismay, the sign was torn and tattered from the storm the night before. The wind and rain had done its job, and this is what I saw. Smoke Coca-Cola cigarettes, drink Wrigley Spearmint beer. Can ration dog food, keeps your wife's complexion clear. Simonize your baby with a Hershey's candy bar, and Texaco's the beauty cream that's used by all the stars. So, take your next vacation in a brand new frigid air. Learn to play piano in your granny's underwear. Doctors say that babies should smoke till they are three, and people over 65 should bathe in Lipton tea. Live slow, sweet tea bag.